You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to the first Toolstation Western League podcast of the new season. It is, of course, the 2019-20 season. And uh, I am your host, Ian Knockholds. I'm really pleased to be back in the chair and joined, as always, on the uh, on the phone by Tom Hiscott, of course, the author of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I've summered well. Uh, and yeah, looking well. Enjoyed getting back into, in, into the swing of things on the weekend. So, yeah, glad to be back. Excellent. Did you have a good pre-season? Not too bad, yeah. Not plenty of cricket, which is obviously uh, the best thing to do uh, during the during the hot days and and what have you. It's been quite a nice summer. Watched a bit of Love Island, uh, and yeah, oh, but, but that's now finished. Don't worry, we're, we're all on the uh, on the football grind again now. No, well, I mean, it's very you're very much on message, aren't you? Because of course, <laughs> I know there's quite a few players um, sure, that yeah. I'm aware of who uh, you know in the Western League who um, who like a bit of cricket and use that as their summer sport. I know that Morgan Skip oh, at yeah. Radstock Town is a very accomplished um, cricketer, so um, that's um, that's very on point. And as of course is Love Island, you know, it's <laughs> it's it's the football fraternity's favourite program, isn't it? Really, but um, we're not here to talk about Love Island. We not are this week. here. <laughs> Not this week. We are here <laughs> to talk about the fixtures on uh, Saturday, August the 3rd. But we're going to get into our time machine and we're going to take you back a little bit earlier than that to kick things off because um, it was the Tool Station Charity Cup. And uh, now this is a match that, um, you know, it's a bit like the, well, the Charity Shield, isn't mm. it? It's one of those ones that, of course, the fans and the clubs probably don't really see a great deal of point in. But it is the historic season curtain raiser. Uh, you know, where the two tall station leagues in the country come together to crown one champion. And, um, well, normally it's not the happiest of hunting grounds uh, for the Western League, but that wasn't the case this season, was it, Tom? No, we have a, we have a, a, a victorious team, uh, Bitten. Uh, they beat uh, Bridlington Town three goals to two. They came from 2-0 down to do so. Uh, yeah, pretty entertaining game at Fairfax Park, by all accounts. I think Kerry Miller was there. Uh, for the league, and he's uh, written up a report which can be can be seen on the uh, official website. Uh, Bridlington, a, a third place finish last year in the uh, in the uh, the Northern Counties East League, so a, a, a fine team. Uh, and yeah, they went two ahead, but Bitten managed to to come back and uh, yeah, claim the spoils and uh, a couple of goals. I think it was from Matt Groves who was who was the star for for them. And uh, yeah, good to well start the season off with a trophy. Yeah, excellent result. And of course, um, hats off to Bitten, who are without their prolific goal scorer, the uh, the golden boot winner, of course, from last season, Ben Bamman. Um, mm-hmm. So they managed to uh, achieve that that fantastic result um, without him, which obviously augurs well for their season. But I'm I'm, I'm sure we'll um, we'll be touching on them um, in due course. Now we will move on to uh, the fixtures that took place on Saturday, the third of August, and um, we kick off in the Premier Division. And uh, Brislington, now, there's been a great deal of talk on social media about how the various sides in both divisions, in fairness, will fare this season. And um, Brislington, sort of perennial bottom-of-the-table fodder. Well, you wouldn't have known it on Saturday, would you, Tom? No, indeed. I think I might have seen the same uh, tweet as yourself. I think they were quite happy with their, their result on the weekend. I think potentially they were um, predicted to come bottom in, in some pre-season um, yeah, predictions, but uh, they well certainly started uh, and as they mean to go on a two-one victory at home to to Bridgewater, obviously one of the stronger teams uh, over the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, pretty pretty 
pretty comfortable win by the sounds of it. Uh, they've made a brilliant start. Jaden Nilsson giving them a fifth-minute lead uh, before Bridgewater did get back on level terms through Jamie Laird. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, Oakland Buck heading home uh, in the, at the end of the first half. Uh, and Bridlington held on in, in, in the second half to, to claim all three points and, and start their season uh, in, in perfect fashion. Yeah, Bridlington, one of those sides, of course, for as long as we've been doing the podcast, um, very difficult side to beat. And, mm. um, you know, I do in, in, in some of the interviews that I've done with managers over the years, I do like to use the analogy, you know, if nobody wants to go to Brislington on a sort of <laughs> on a on a cold night in January. But, um, well, they did it in a warm on a warm day in August this time around. So um, just goes to show how difficult and how tricky they are. And in fairness, how competitive the, uh, the tool station Western League can be. And if you needed an example of that, then our next fixture. Well, it, it, it wouldn't be a better one, would it? Because Buckland Athletic, you know, we've expected big, big things from them in previous years. And I think this season's no different. I'd certainly thought that they were going to go well this season. Well, they came up against Westbury United, you know, arguably the Leicester City of the Western mm-hmm. League. Could they do it again after such a wonderful start last season? Well, they jolly well could. No, absolutely. A 3-1 win uh, away at Buckland. Coming from behind to to claim the three points in this one. Um Buckland going ahead, uh, a volley finish from Connor Bryant in the 19th minute. I believe he used to be at Wellington, so that looks like a, a decent signing for them so far this season. He made a, a good start to life down at, at Homer's Heath, put them ahead. Uh, but then Jason Henley uh, levelling things up on the half-hour mark uh, as the sides went in level. Uh, and then it was Westbury who pushed on. Final 15 minutes and they managed to, to bag two goals uh, to claim the 3-1 the win. The first coming from a long throw uh, by Steve Holbert, which was uh, knocked down and eventually uh, fired home by Ricky Holbert, uh, Steve's brother. Uh, and then it was Ricky again, a couple of minutes later, doubling his tally and uh, yeah, wrapped up all three points for Westbury and a, a perfect start to that for, to the season for them. A 3-1 win away at Buckland. Now, I think we'll all be keeping an eye on the new boys, certainly over the next mm. couple of months, and to see how they get on. And, of course, Tavistock recorded a good win away at Clevedon Town. Yeah. Um, but our next feature game is Exmouth Town. Um, new boys, of course, in the Premier Division. And, um, well, 202 saw this. Mm. So that, that's a bit of a statement of intent on, on how well supported that club's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's good to see. That's what we want to see, obviously. I've now got quite a lot of uh, Devonian sides uh, in the league, as, as, as um, you've written about over the summer and what have you, and obviously lots lots going on at the back end of last year with realignment and, and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, if these if these teams can bring big crowds, that's that's what we want to see. And obviously, looks like Exmouth might be a, a team to be reckoned with this year. A 4-1 win uh, to start their campaign at home to Bridport. Uh, 202 fans there, as you say. Uh, Bridport giving them a little helping hand, a couple of own goals uh, uh, towards Exmouth's tally, but there's also a a double from Jordan Harris. Uh, So, yeah, uh, running out 4-1 winners at home to Bridport, the perfect start for Exmouth. I did say we'd give Britain an honourable mention, and we probably better do. I'm going to spare... Ray Johnson's blushes by going into too much detail here, but Bitten, of course, last season they came third, only a couple of points behind um, the winners, Will and Rovers, and uh, you know second place Plymouth Parkway. But um, they've re- they've recorded a strong result away at Halland side, and you know forgetting my my friendship with Ray, um, you know I thought Halland were going to go well this season. They still might, but you know Bitten winning there by five goals to one, I think is a as a statement of intent. But our final feature game in the Premier Division is a real statement of intent. Mm. Plymouth Parkway, of course, last season's runners-up, last season's Les Phillips Cup final winners. They took on Cadbury Heath. 303 saw this game, and it was an emphatic win. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, and the game was pretty much over after just 18 minutes. I mean, Parkway, uh, yeah, they did shoot out the blocks. Uh, a statement of intent, as you say, this is, yeah, this is quite a statement. Uh, a 7-1 win, uh, home to Cadbury Heath. Adam Carter scoring four goals in the first half. So, uh, yeah, not a bad start uh, for him uh, to, to, to start the campaign like that. Uh, and there was also goals from Tegan Rosenquist, one of my favourite names uh, from the division. <laughs> Uh, a brilliant free kick from Jack Calvert and then Ryan Lane uh, came on uh, during the second half and uh, yeah he completed the scoring pretty late on uh, so yeah uh, a rampant rampant opening day for, for Plymouth Park when they put uh, Cadbury Heath uh, to the sword uh, yeah 7-1 win and uh, yeah well as I say the only way is uh, is up for, for Plymouth Park where it looks like they're uh, yeah destined for big things this year um, I was really keen to uh, catch up with Plymouth Parkway's manager, Lee Hobbs. Of course, Lee was on the uh, the podcast last season. Um, fantastic um, um, person to interview. And um, I really wanted to catch up with him. Of course, everybody wants to know what Lee's thinking about this season. We expect that they went so well. And the expectation is that they'll go well again, not least because of that result on August the 3rd. But I wanted to take Lee back to the Les Phillips Cup final because I was ever so impressed with the performance of his side on that day. They are our reigning Les Phillips Cup winners. And I started off by congratulating him on that victory. Yeah, we were very pleased. Um... To be fair, obviously that, that that for me that was no more than we deserved really. Um, obviously to run well and so close and then lose to Exeter City in the Devon Bowl, it was it was a big moment for the football for, for myself, my players and the football club really. Um, and yeah, we, we were absolutely delighted to win it. Over as well against Willand. Well, I mean, that, it was the manner of the performance as well that impressed me because obviously you know Willand were on a high because they just pitched you to the post to go up. But um, your boys had a, clearly had a game plan. They stuck to it. And, you know, in, in, in large parts of that game, it felt like a chess match. And you must take a great deal of pleasure from the fact that, you know, obviously you came out on top. Both football clubs, both managers and both teams, albeit they only played each other two times previous, they all know each other and we all know we, we know each other inside out. I'd watched Willem two or three times this year. I should know that I'd watched me two or three times this year in... Fair play to us. I felt on the day, just like we did at home when we beat them 2 now. I felt we were better side, and obviously we've got our rewards with the three points, and and obviously the cup final win. Um, but yeah, listen, they're two they're two very very good teams, and tactically, both teams play a certain way. And I felt on the day it was which team would ever take a take their moments and take their chances, and who would want it more. And and then on the day for us, I, I felt that was us. Now, when we look back on last season, um, we can't obviously help but you know reflect on the fact that you 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 finished runners up. Has that been a motivation for you in the pre-season? Have the boys wanted to go again this time round and make it one better? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, it hurt at the time, but as I said to BBC Radio Devon at the weekend, it needs to be forgotten now because it, it's gone. Um, we're 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 starting a new campaign where we we our objectives. Are exactly the same as what they were before. Um, the players, it did hurt them, it hurt me, yeah. the players are at the football club, but at the end of the day, the table don't lie, and the best team will come first. So we, we will take that um, mentality, if you like, into this new campaign where we're not going in blind this year. We, we've visited all the grounds, we know what we're up against, we know what the demands are going to be to win week in, week out, and we're ready for it. Um, We've recruited well over the summer um, in areas which I felt we were lacking. And 
to recruitment in a minute um, but I mean are you happy with the way that pre-season has gone it's a funny old time for any football club particularly I think at this level of football because of course you can't always guarantee the players avail availability but do you feel that you've had a good um, new season build up we've had an excellent pre-season um, the, the games have been competitive uh, that we've worked against harder opposition as the weeks have gone by Obviously, the training in between the matches has been bang on. We did pick up a couple of injuries through pre-season, which everyone does to be fair, no matter how much you've got enough after the players. The hard grounds and not doing nothing for six to eight weeks, but coming back, it always takes its toll. But we're in a clean bill of health now. Um, obviously, we come, we played seven games. We won five and lost to the two pro teams of Fargo and Cardiff City. And our last pre-season game, was against Manor Farm, which, which I wanted that game to be our measure of where we were, and we come for it one two one. So, yeah, for me, yeah, it's been it's been a good pre-season here. Now, you, you've just mentioned um, you wanted to freshen the squad up a little bit and strengthen. So, for the for the Plymouth Parkway fans out there listening, um, what new faces have you added to the team that they should be looking out for this season? We've added six or seven new players. We've added Billy Pofrey and Jordan Cox from True City. Um, Antonio Costa is a trialist to come over from Italy. who has done very, very well for us pre-season and has been rewarded with a registration and hopefully he plays a big part for us. We took a couple of lads from St. Osto, Will Tinsley and Jack Culver, who equally they've come in and hit the ground running. I mean, it's like they've been here for, for, for a couple of years. Uh, and number one is a young striker called Curtis Dammer, who... It's a fantastic prospect. I have um, so I think so all the seven, seven come in and I think four or five has gone out. Um, but more importantly for me, I, we didn't need wholesale changes. We just needed to address certain areas where we felt, not that we were weak, but where we could add, needed a little bit more. Um, and that's exactly what we've done. We haven't just signed any, any Tom, Dick and Harry. We've signed players that we needed for, for specific positions. Um, and I'm happy. I'm really, really pleased. Well, let's talk about opening day in the Western League. And um, on Saturday, you entertained Cadbury Heath. And that was an emphatic victory for you. Yeah, obviously 7-1. Um, it didn't flatter us. With all due respect to Cadbury Heath and Andy Black, it could have been 10 or 12. Um, but for some good goalkeeping on their part and a little bit of wasteful finishing by us, it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, hey, if you'd have offered me 7-1, three points, the only thing we were missing was the clean sheet. But, yeah, absolutely delighted. It's not us 12 months ago when we when we struggled to get the win. It's all down at home in a 2-1 win. Um, we're a totally different outfit 12 months on and I'm just hopeful that we can have equally as good a season as last year, but obviously still one better. What caught my eye from the weekend wasn't just the scoreline, but it was the attendance. Over 300 fans watched your game against Cadbury Heath. That says an awful lot about your football club. It does, it does. Obviously, this is a forward-thinking club where we're, we're attractive at this moment in time. Obviously, when, when Plymouth are away, we, we do tap into a core of their supporters at the same time. Obviously, when Plymouth came to... Our first pre-season friendly, there was two and a half friends on the day. So they, they went away, liking what they've seen. Obviously, the hospitality was good. And hopefully, over the course of the next 10 months, a majority of them will still come back when I was away. And 
obviously three hundred and three. I think there was only one. Obviously, barring big games, I think there's only one team over the years who's recorded those numbers, and that was Melksham when they were in the league. Um, but we're hopeful of getting that there most weeks. Um, obviously, we won't get it every week because Argo will be at home, and other leagues will be playing, and the throwers will be in town with their wives or girlfriends or whatever, no doubt, doing doing shopping. But yeah, we're well supported home and away, and. But for us, as players, as a football club, it, it helps us massively. So the support's there, the squad is there, and you've already alluded to the fact that, as far as you're concerned, your expectations for this season are to go one better than you did last season. We have to. Um, like I say, this isn't our virgin year within the division now. We know what we're up against, we know where we're going, we know what we're getting, we know what we got to do. So... It's, 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 it's not brand new no more. Um, we're not the versions of the league. And, uh, yeah, it's exactly that, Ian. We've got to go one better. Um, and hopefully secure seven league status that this time next year. Now, August is going to be a very interesting month for you, isn't it? You've got, Brit- um, you've got Buckland coming up in the FA Cup, followed by Bridport in the league, away, which is never easy, and then Exmouth. And then followed up by Brid- um, by Bridgewater. So you know it's it's going to be one hell of an opening month for you, isn't it? Oh, hundred um, percent. But obviously, if we do well in the FA Cup and we beat Buckland on Friday, then the Bridgewater game will go because then we'll play Polchon. So um, that there will have to be pencilled in at some point, no doubt, on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Uh, but. Listen, I'd rather have the hard games and get them out of the way. Your first 10 games and your last 10 games are critical points within your season, Ian. The middle 20 games, everybody pretty much take care of themselves where teams got points. Obviously, the winter months, availability, suspensions, injuries, it all takes its toll. But for me, getting off to a flyer and trying to accumulate as many points as you can within that first 10 games, just like Willem did last year, is very critical for any team open with aspirations of winning leagues. Lee, thank you very much for your time um, this evening. Not least for the fact that you've taken time out for us during training, which I, I really do appreciate. I'm going to let you get back to what you're supposed to be doing, but I really I'll do appreciate. Have a few balls pinged at me in a minute. No doubt, being on the phone. Well, there was that. There was that. We'll have to be careful who pings them in, though, won't we, Lee? Because there was that very famous moment where yeah, Harry Redknapp got hit by a ball. Whoever it is, he won't be playing for it. Well, very much so. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's been great to speak to you again. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to the podcast and all the best of luck for this coming season. Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Toolstation. Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Toolstation? Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this. I know. We got all the best brands too. Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job, top saving. With over 15,000 trade quality products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every job. Toolstation.com and all 340 branches. Now we will move into the first division and um, we're going to start our coverage here with another new boy to the uh, Toolstation Western League. Um, the home side was Bishop Sutton, the visitors were Lebec United, and it was the visitors that took all three points from this one. They did. Uh, an excellent start for them and coming from behind to, to do so. Uh, it was a goalless first half. Uh, down there at Bishop Sutton. The home side then going ahead uh, in, the, in the early stage of the second half. Uh, pretty tough team to beat last year. It was quite a, 
uh, a low number of goals in in their in their fixtures generally. Uh, but Lebec managed to to turn it around, uh, and uh, Sharp occurred, scored twice. Uh, two excellent finishes from him. And there was also a goal from Rick Davis. So uh, yeah, a come from behind victory and uh, and the perfect start for Lebec. Um, we do love a new side on the Tool Station Westerly podcast. And of course, uh, I thought this was a great opportunity for us to get to know Lebec. So I got in touch with their manager, Aaron Wilson, and I started our interview by congratulating him on his side's win. Yeah, I was over the moon. The boys um, boys done really well. Done really well. We went behind, which is um, always a challenge for us when we go like behind or go a couple of goals down or something. So that was probably the most pleasing part about the whole thing was not just we played well, but yeah, the the character to come from a goal down, especially our first game in that level. So boys could have got a bit nervous and let it get to them, but they responded fantastic. And that was probably the most pleasing thing from the whole performance was the response to going behind. Now, most of our listeners, of course, uh, won't be that familiar with Lebec. You are um, a new team into the first division. What can you tell us about your club? Oh, well, Lebec's been a, an established football club for a long time now. It's, um, it was predominantly based on a Sunday morning uh, football team, which is how I first uh, started playing for Lebec. I played for Lebec for over 15 years. Um, and also played with some of the players that are um, still in the squad now. So, Twain Plummer, Aaron Cornwall. Um, I have Leon Simpson as my like assistant, and he was a he's been a big part of Lebeck for um, a long time. It's a very well established club. It's got a lot of um, a lot of support behind the scenes, and yeah, it's been it's been a well established club for a long time. And Owen Smith and Errol Thompson have had a big part a big part in um, making the club what it is, and it's very well known in Bristol more so for. Um, Sunday morning football but in the last couple of years they decided to start a Saturday team which is something we looked to do a few years ago but we couldn't quite get the facilities and the grounds and stuff like that because we had a very strong Sunday morning team and that maintained and that continued over the years and we decided to take it forward into a Saturday team and in the couple of seasons well in a few seasons that they have been running the Saturday team now they've progressed and progressed every season and done done better and better each year so it's hoping to continue that way but yeah it's a it's a great club it's a it's a very uh community-based club as well we get a lot of youngsters coming through trying to trying to push through next generation of footballers and yeah working on that stuff so so yeah it's a very 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 good club a very well-loved club a very highly thought of club in in amongst the football scene as well yeah, i was at bishop sutton on saturday and they they asked to send their regards to owen smith who's like i said he's the main man of the who's the man who's put it all together and started the club from scratch. Um, so it's still nice that he gets his recognition wherever we go on, on Saturday football as well, not just Sundays. I mean, that's that's excellent to talk about that journey, that evolution of, of the club. And, of course, now you've come into to Western League football. But am I right in thinking that you, uh, you, you already have a background? You're already aware of what you're up against in the Western League? I first started playing in the Western League when I was 18 under Steve Fay for Manor Farm. Um, and I learned my trade the hard way, really, with um, a lot of old school people that, yeah, were were big on the basics of football, which is, you know, attitude and, yeah, motivation and those kind of things. And the basics of football is what I'm trying to install now into sort of the newer generation. Um, so, yeah, I've got a pretty good idea about the league. I've played in it numerous times. I've not actually ever played in the um, Division One. Um, I played in County League when I was younger. Then I skipped straight to Western Premier League and then played for a few teams. I've played for a couple of teams in that league as well. So relatively familiar with 
that kind of level and Bristol football in general. So, yeah, I've got a good idea. Some of the teams are pretty new to me. Um, not really played at sort of Cheddar and a couple of other, other places have not really been around. But, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that challenge in the sense of um, new teams and new prospects and stuff like that. So, yeah, i got a little bit of know-how, but still, still learning myself. I'm still very to management. This is my first proper management role. So, so uh, moving on to your pre-season then, um, are you happy with how it's gone? Yeah, I mean, it could have, could have gone better as regards to sort of um, fitness and numbers at training and stuff like that. But the, the team and squad I'm working with is... Uh, just I'm just trying to turn, just trying to work on some habits, some some a couple of bad habits, just with timekeeping and certain other things that are just. To be honest with you, Ian, they've always been sort of a, an issue within Lee. But even when I was playing, sort of certain things are always um, always kind of let us down as such, and that's kind of attitude and timekeeping and those kind of things. So that's, that's what I've been trying to install as much as I can in pre-season. Is you can have all the quality and everything else in the world, and but if you haven't got desire and yeah like your attitude's not right to work hard and you're not gonna play for the team and stuff like that and doesn't really matter so it's been about installing that really because we've got a lot of quality players that are probably probably a little too good for the level that they are playing at um but there's a reason why they're playing at that level so those are the kind of things that i'm trying to install and trying to work on and pre-season was really good for that yeah really good for that and the boys have responded really well trying to play a slightly new way of football learned a lot from more gaffer Danny Greaves um, so just trying to install certain types of football and yeah it seems to be going well the boys are responding well to it and they, they'd rather play football than ice away where we can but they also it's just trying to install like I said that we can play as much nice football as we want but we still have to win our tackles win our second balls and earn the right to play first and foremost so it's just about pre-season was about installing that and we're very much getting there. So it's a continued process, but I'm very happy with how it's gone so far. Yeah, very happy. I imagine that there'll be plenty of managers who are listening to this interview who will be nodding in agreement with you at the moment. <laughs> I mean, for, for you, is pre-season, you know, we, we talk a lot uh, in, in, in these interviews about, about the challenge of, of, you know, of getting a settled squad to keep turning up every every week, even, at, you know, even in the Western League Premier Division. Yeah. I mean, it, it, is that made infinitely harder for you in pre-season? Do you think if, if, you, if you're struggling to get a player to sort of take the league seriously, then pre-season is, is, is even harder? harder? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Too. And it's almost sort of like lacklustre attitude as in it's just pre-season and then people feel they can just switch it on when they want to. But football doesn't work like that. So, yeah, I do I do, I do, agree with that, to be honest. I had a, I had a couple um, that came and, came and went. But everyone has to buy into the, like, an old Steve Fay classic as everyone has to sing from the same hymn sheet, you know, and it's like if they're not prepared to buy into a squad mentality, then they're not in the right place because you need a squad of 16, 17 to do anything in any kind of league. Um, it's not just about your first 11. So I've had to try and install that as well into the boys that, you know, you could be playing well, you could play well on this Saturday, but if we've got a certain type of game on the Tuesday, different pitch, different conditions, different players, then there's a likelihood that I might be changing a couple of pairs based on who we're playing. So yeah, installing that kind of like squad mentality. But pre-season's always an interesting one because of yeah, people are sort of still half in holiday mode. So, yeah, it, it takes time, but we got there in the end. 
Um, now, here's a question um, that I'm sure your fans will be interested uh, in hearing. Um, um, in terms of, you, you've obviously talked about the evolution of the club and 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 the players that you've got experience um, from your playing days who are still in the team. But have you brought in any new faces this season? Are there going to be any players that the fans are going to get a chance to see for the first time this season in a in a Lebec shirt? Yeah. So we uh, there's a, there's a couple actually. There's a there's a few not. Not too many because the basis of what was there last season was was still enough to work with. But yeah, there's been a few. Just recently signed a, um, an old Lubeck player of ours called Remy. Um, so he sort of just recently signed as a um, goalkeeper. We signed a very good goalkeeper from uh, Gala Wilton last season. So when uh, Lubeck were playing Gala Wilton last season, I was up watching, as I often did, just watching a home game. And yeah, the keeper was unbelievable. He's one of the best keepers I've seen for a long time at this kind of level. Um, so we spoke to him after and he was very keen to get on board. Obviously, with Lebec getting promoted from the league that he was in, he was very keen to get on board. And since he's come, he's, he's absolutely loved it. And he's thriving. He's actually on holiday now because, you know, players pick holiday <laughs> times so right when the season starts. Um, so he's currently away at the moment and our, um, our reserve keeper Tyler has been in, he was incredible Saturday probably our man of the match so to have healthy competition for your goalkeepers is always a, is always a positive thing as well so and that's something we've been trying to install throughout is healthy competition for each for each place so complacency doesn't creep in at any point and people feel they're turning up and they know they're playing so we try to keep a healthy squad and keep some competition and yeah, there's people on the on the bench Saturday that are in full contention to play this Saturday, and that's how we want to keep it. Keep people on their toes and keep people working hard. And once you've got the shirt, you've got to work hard to keep hold of it. So, yeah, a couple of new signings, but not really. The main one, like I said, was the goalkeeper, and uh, maybe one or two that have rejoined that have been Lebeck players in the past. I think Remy was at Southmead last year. Um, so yeah, we lost one or two as well. I think Edward Pumper went to Hallen. Yeah, so in general, there wasn't a big turnaround of players and stuff. But like I said, the players that were there are ready. They've already got enough quality for this league and the one above, in my opinion. So, yeah, there was enough there to work with. It was just the quality was there. It was just the attitude and the and the kind of the habits that needed changing more so than the players. The million dollar question has got to be: What are your expectations for this season? Um, well, from what I've read a couple of things and heard a couple of things, and I think there's quite a bit of, um, there's not expectation on our shoulders, but I think people are kind of half predicting us to do well this season, and we had some really good feedback at Bishop Sutton on Saturday. So I think the expectations are high, and when you play for Lebec, um, your expectations are always high. When you play for Lebec, and I played for them for 15 years, and we were the most dominant force on a Sunday morning in particular and we always got used to winning and winning is very much a, a mindset and a habit when you play for Liebeck and we don't like losing and we never like to lose but we've obviously stepped up this season and we have to understand and we have to expect that we're playing against better teams more organised um, better structure of teams and stuff like that so our expectations are not as high as everyone else's. I'd imagine within our dressing room, we try and stay quite grounded. But we know we've got enough quality to, to do something in this league. So for me personally, I'd be happy with a top 10 finish. It's our first season at this level. Um, quite a few young players and still gelling. So all in all, I'd be very happy with a top 10 finish. Do I believe we could do better? I really feel we could finish higher than that quite a bit higher than that but I also know the league and I also know if you don't do things properly that we could finish lower than that and it's a very thin line 
And like I said, for me, that is habits and attitudes. So if we get those right and we continue to build on those the way we have done, then I believe we can really do something in this league. So, yeah, I'm, I'd be very happy with a, a top 10 finish and then try and push on again next season. Um, August is going to be a very interesting month for you, isn't it? Um, because you've got three of the promotion favourites uh, coming up in your next three games, Khan, Warminster and Cheddar. That's going to be a real test for you. Oh, well, I, I'm a bit of a funny one, really. I don't really look at fixtures coming up ahead. I know the next game and who we got, who we got to look at and what we got to research, but I don't tend to look too far past just the next game. But that's... Um, that's interesting to know, and I'm also missing a few games because I'm getting married in a couple of weeks. So, well, congratulations. That's, um, <laughs> that's not an ideal time to be playing the promotion favourites, but hey, we've got to play them at some point, so we'll see, and it'll be a good a good like test for our boys just to see if they're the promotion kind of favourites, where we're at in a level of how far we've come and how far we've got to go if we want to start thinking about those same goals as promotion and stuff. And my thanks to Aaron for his time. Now, moving on to uh, Cheddar. Of course, Cheddar were in all of our thoughts over the uh, over the close season. We wondered whether or not they would um, be able to get promoted um, into the Premier Division. They finished, of course, runners-up to Canesham and um, don't think that there was many people that would have denied them um, that promotion in the league. But unfortunately, uh, they did fall foul of the Football Association's... Um, National League rules, and uh, as a result of that, on a, on on the basis of the of their of the points per game that they accumulated last season, they remain a first division side. Well, we hope for their sake that they will go well again this season and finally take the place that they deserve amongst our elite. They wanted to get off to a good start. They were taking on, dare I say, it, an unfashionable devices town side, mm. but they ran the visitors ran them close, didn't they, Tom? They did. Uh, really, yeah, an entertaining fixture. Five goals uh, between them, and it was, yeah, a pretty, pretty topsy-turvy affair. Uh, Devizes going ahead. Uh, Joe Broadbank scoring the opener uh, before uh, Adam Wright uh, got the first of his, his, uh, his, his goals for the afternoon, uh, converting a spot kick midway through the first half of the game uh, to make, make it one all. And then three minutes after the interval, so uh, just as the, the sides got ready, uh, to, to entertain in the second half, right had another chance from the spot uh, and managed to score again. So uh, yeah, putting them two one up, uh, and then obviously we know this chap uh, knows where the knows where the back of the net is. Really, really prolific season last year, and he started with a hat trick uh, in this this campaign as well. So a three one lead for Cheddar. Devizes did get a penalty of their own pretty late on, uh, which they converted, but they were unable to uh, to grab a share of the spoils, and it was Cheddar who eventually ran out three two victors. Now, moving on to another side that um, is fancy to do well in the first division, certainly one of those teams that I think will be challenging, not just for promotion, but for the title, Corsham Town. Um, mm. They were at home to Portishead Town, a very healthy crowd of 109 saw this one. Uh, Tom, how did the home side get on? They started uh, with three points. Uh, good start for Corsham. Uh, Josh Bright slotting the, the home side ahead in the 20th minute. Uh, and then a goal... Um, potentially a goal of the season uh, candidate from from the word go, Lewis McCarran. I think it is on social media. I think I've seen uh, th- seen the video. Um, yeah, arrows the ball into into the top of the top corner from I don't know 35, 40 yards. Uh, Porter's head keeper, absolutely no chance. And uh, yeah, gives caution a two goal lead. Uh, the the visitors did manage to to get a lifeline just before half time. 
but there were no goals after the break and it was uh, yeah caution as we say run out uh, two on winners and uh, yeah start with three points and Lewis McCarran definitely the uh, the star of the week now finally in our roundup of the uh, of the matches in uh, the first division uh, on Saturday uh, we take a look at Hengrove uh, and their game against Bishops Lydiard now Hengrove uh, of course last season were Premier Division side it's always interesting to see how they will adjust um, to um, uh, to life in the first division, I would have had I would have had them as one of my pre-season favourites to retain their position in the top flight, and because I know that that is a um, is an exceptionally um, well-run club. But um, well, Bishops Lydiard had other ideas, didn't they, Tom? Yeah, uh, yeah, not half. Um, Lydiard second half of last year, they were capable of this, putting putting big. Uh, big tallies together, goal goal scoring tallies, and they they did so to start the season a seven nil win away at Hengrove, as you say, uh, relegated last year potentially. Um, yeah, might take a little bit of time for them to 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 readjust. And uh, yeah, if this is anything to go by, then uh, Lydia is certainly a team to team to watch this year. Uh, they were among the highest scorers last year, as I say. So uh, yeah, not too surprising, but um, a seven nil triumph to open open the campaign definitely definitely was. Uh, George Painter heading them. Hitting them ahead after just 10 minutes. Uh, and then it was Ben Hebditch who took over, uh, scoring either side of the interval to make it 3-0 uh, before George- Charlie Wilson uh, made it 4. And, uh, yeah, pretty much ended the contest at the hour mark, uh, the away side. Uh, yeah, very much on top. And they ran away with it in the in the final half an hour. Didn't get, didn't let up at all. Uh, yeah, three further goals from Will Hazeldean, uh, Ryan Brereton. And then with the final kick of the game, it was Hebditch uh, completing his hat-trick. So I think that was uh, 4 Four hat tricks in the two divisions this this weekend uh, to start the season, and that was yeah, and that was how the game finished. So a seven nil triumph for, for Bishops Lydiard. Before we move on, I'm going to give a notable mention to Warminster against Welton Rovers, um, the biggest attendance in the uh, the first division, and I'm sure that um, helped in no small part by the the efforts of um, Roland Millwood, who again won one of his. Uh, fantastic social media campaigns to try and get um, 300 fans it was this time um, to come to Warminster's opener well they didn't manage that by by some distance it would be fair to say 174 um, saw this one and probably the home fans well without question the home fans went home unhappy because Welton Rovers secured all three points Um, uh, I expect Warminster to go well this season they've made some really good um, close season signings not not least the uh, the very interesting acquisition of Kieran Baggs the former Melksham Town manager who of course took Melksham Town into the Southern League so if ever you wanted a midfield general I don't suppose you could get a much better one than that anyway it was Welton Rovers who won on Saturday by uh, by one goal to nil so um, well done to them and the Chavelin Gene army and I'm sure that that was a um, a good time had by had by all we uh, we of course do have some midweek fixtures coming up in the Premier um, division, but I suppose the most eye-catching game really will be the FA Cup extra preliminary round fixture between Plymouth Parkway and Buckland Athletic on Friday the 9th of August. That is a, a 7.45 kickoff. Um, Buckland, I'm sure, will be looking to make amends to their sluggish start to the league season and they couldn't really ask for a harder trip away to Plymouth Parkway but both sides capable of uh, racking up a few wins in that competition so it'll be interesting to see who does go through and indeed on Saturday the 10th of August we have more FA Cup action uh, for you um, talking about teams looking to make amends Bridgewater Town and Halland they meet in that competition there are a lot of all tall station Western League mm. sides 
um, um, coming together um, this time round. And Bridgewater against Hallen, I'm sure, will be a, will be a very competitive fixture. Both sides looking um, to record their first win of the season. Cheddar, you may remember, of course, I, I, I laboured the point rather about how... Um, as runners-up in the first division, we should really be seeing them as a as a Premier Division side. Well, they've they've got an indicate they've got a chance to let us know how they'd be getting on this season if they were, because they take on Bradford Town. Um, no easy trip for Bradford, I'm sure. But um, you know, as the Premier Division side, you've got to say that they are the um, uh, the favourites in that one. And then Westbury travel to um, Fareham Town and uh, be interested. It's always interesting, of course, to see how Western League sides get on against um, um, opposition from other leagues. But uh, Fareham, I know that um, uh, won't have escaped um, Neil Kirkpatrick, the joint manager of Westbury, because, of course, Fareham are very close to his beloved Portsmouth. So, um, um, anyway, that'd be an interesting one as well. But, Tom, you've, um, you've kept your eye on matters of the, of the, of the tool station Western League. And we've got a pretty full... Uh, complement of games in the first division. Um, which one uh, has caught your eye? So it's a local derby. Uh, great way to start the season. Uh, yeah, brilliant to have this in August. I think we should get a good crowd along there. It's Devizes Town uh, hosting Warminster. Obviously, uh, yeah, both sides uh, looking for three points to start the season and uh, looking for some bragging rights. So uh, yeah, interested to see how that one goes this weekend. Yes, well, with a bit of luck and a following win, I should be there myself. Mm. So I should be able to let you know next week. That would be nice, it. wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, before we get um, too carried away with uh, with next week's podcast, um, well, normally, of course, in the podcast, this is the time when we start looking at the league tables and the goal scorers, but I'm not going to let you do that just now no. because um, it's too early. Although, in fairness to you, um, four hat-tricks, I think you said we've had I in think this. so, yeah. I could be, could be wrong. Definitely a minimum of four. It might have been five if one... Uh, Past across my mind, but yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think there was four. I think. Well, plenty of value um, for money to be had at the turnstiles in the Western League this season. Uh, um, but um, I think we probably will leave it a couple of episodes before we start reflecting on those yes. type of statistics. What we won't do, though, is uh, we won't stop telling people about your wonderful bulletin, which of course mm. um, we've been reviewing today. Where can the listeners find that? That is back. Uh, yeah, it's on the uh, tool station, uh, the Western League. Uh, it's on the website. Uh, there's a tab along the top which takes you to the uh, the, the, the most recent uh, download, which will be every weekend, of course. Uh, and then it's also, if you go about halfway down the page, uh, it's in the middle. Uh, and issue one uh, is available to download uh, now uh, on the on the website. So you can follow the link and it gives you a PDF copy, or you can go in and, and, and download a Word copy of of your own. So yeah, that'll be every out every Sunday. Uh, looking back on the games that have happened over the week and, and looking ahead as well. So yeah, that's uh, back up and running. Uh, well then, Tom, thank you very much uh, for your uh, assistance ag- again, and um, great to you know great to get back in touch with you. And I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs> <laughs>